Good evening, lunatics. It is Saturday. We're a day late and a dollar short because I had uh, I had a prior engagement last night. I had to uh, uh, I had to go play bass for my daughter. She had a little gig. She's a fiddle player, and uh, so I had to play with her. So I uh, was not able to do the podcast last night. So here we are. Larry will be along in just a second. We're going to talk about dr- uh, driver training this week. Um, it's it's something that it's like this elephant in the room that we got to talk about about how experienced drivers with over the road experience don't seem to have any. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, we got some other interesting stuff to talk about. We'll do a preview of the Mid America Trucking Show, which is quickly coming upon us. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We're going to be out there. Uh, so I want y'all to come and stop by. So here we go. Let's bring Larry in here. There he is. Hey, Larry, what's happening, brother? Hey, man, what's going on, man? It's a plum pleasing pleasure to be here with you today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so y'all figured out that ain't Larry Long. That's Larry Cawthron, yeah, uh, Highway Hustler. Uh, Larry is in Chicago, uh, I believe, just got done with the Monster Truck Show with his grandchildren. So uh, I searched around the interwebs to look for a suitable co-host to set in in, in Larry's place. And uh, so I hit up Larry Cawthron. Yeah. And uh, so Larry's going to come in and talk with us this evening. Uh you so let let's let's introduce Larry. I I first knew you as L Boogie. You interviewed me on your YouTube channel, yeah, a couple of years ago probably. So uh, give the people a little bit of an intro to who you are and how you got into industry and kind of what you're doing now. All right. So uh, what's going on, man? So usually I start my intro off like this right here. What's going on? It's your boy L Boogie with the hoodie. You know, bless the Lord. Highly favored. Excited about Jesus. Excited about the word of God. My cup is running. Y'all, I still want some more. How about you? So that's how I usually start off. So what I do is I teach people um, which trucks to buy, which lanes to run, and everything else up under the sun. And so I, te- I teach companies how to make that smooth transition to become an owner-operator so that they don't have to throw their life down the drain for making bad decisions. Hello. And so I started my journey back in 2007. Uh, when I started my journey back in 2007, I got in the trucking industry because I was broke. I didn't have no money, and I needed a job. And I was like, man, I, be, I was seeing all these truck drivers that was around here, and they had all these adult toys, okay? so And they had, like, swimming pools and they had all these four-wheelers and motorcycles and stuff. It's like, man, how are you living like this? Because at the, at the job that I was just working, like, brother, we just we barely making it over here. Like, what y'all doing? You know? So the common denominator was trucking. That was the common denominator. Everybody was driving trucks. So I tried to figure out how I could get into driving trucks. I got, I got into driving trucks. And once I got into driving trucks, I started in, when did I start? I started at uh, at Central Refrigeration. That's where I went and got my training from. After I went and got my training at Central Refrigeration, I was supposed to stay in training for three weeks, ended up staying for four weeks because we had a snowstorm out there for a week. First mm-hmm. time I ever seen it, lightning in the snow, and it was perfect. I was like, man, this is woo. I was out in Utah, and I live in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my first time even going that far, man. Ears popping and everything. And so, you know, I was driving, been driving on and off um, ever since 07. You know, had I've had different businesses uh, in between time. And I I've, I've drove for several companies as company driver. 
I've been a lease purchase driver. I've been an owner operator. Um, and also I've driven for some real good people and I've, I've driven for some real shady people as well. <laughs> and so, um, back in 2017, when I first went to Landstar and I was an owner operator while I was there, I said, you know what, let me document my journey because I was doing a lot of research before I even started trucking. I mean, before I even started, you know, going yeah. on an operator journey. So I was like, let me do my research. So I was looking on here and I'm like, man, like I see these people on here talking about how much money they make at Landstar and this, that, and the third. I said, I'm going to document my journey. So I started documenting my journey and I was documenting everybody else's journey as well. And so that's what started my YouTube journey. And I always knew I wanted to be on YouTube and, you know, social media and stuff like that. But, you know, it kind of made that transition. It was easier for me because, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And I just, I right now, because it was just so easy because I was doing something that I was already doing anyway. I was just turning mm -hmm. on the camera to do it. Yeah. When did you when did you start your TikTok? Because your TikToks blew up pretty good. Yeah, I started that in 2021. And I started that because I had some people, I had some um I got some clients because I do I do social media marketing and management as well. And so with me doing a social media marketing and management while I'm on the truck, okay, um, I had some clients of mine and I was trying to tell them, hey, look, this is you know, this is what you want to do. Like, do this right here. Do this right here. And so they were like, yeah, I don't think that it'll work. You know, they're kind of shy. You got to stay on them. Hey, do this, do this. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to show you what to do. So I put out a video and put that one video out. And it got about 200 views all the way around. Uh, on That's on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. Put out another video. Put out another video. They got about 200. That next video I put out. It got about uh, 13,000 views overnight when I had woke up and I was like, oh, 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 I'm staying right here in this vein right here. And so I stayed right there in the vein and I just started listening to the people and what the people wanted, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I started to give, I, I, it started off with me just giving some advice. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, uh, truck drivers don't make any money. You know, that, that was the video that went viral. You know, mm -hmm. because, I, because people will say, man, it ain't no money in trucking. Truck drivers don't make no money. And when I made that video right there, that's when everything started opening up. Podcast interviews, people that I was reaching out to to get advice from and stuff like that. Now they reaching out to me, wanting to work with me. <laughs> yeah. So it, it started from advice. And then, like, my character just started shining through. And with my character shining through, you know, I'm a natural comedian. And so start making funny videos and, you know, inter intertwining the trucker life and a few facts and some uh, comedy in there as well. So. Yeah, dude, that, 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 uh, the one I remember is uh, like being at dinner, you know, sitting at a fancy restaurant, got that headset on. I yeah. cracked up. That was awesome. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a viral, right. man. Last time I checked, it had over a million views on it. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, we, we if we get a million views, it's because we pissed somebody off. So I got, I got... Hey, that's the way to do it. Just keep on hit, hitting the hornet's nest. And by what yeah. we talking about tonight, I'm sure we're gonna be hitting the hornet's nest because people don't want yeah. the truth. But the truth is the truth. Yeah. Well, so so let's hit let's hit training truck. Well, let me back up for a second because I, I do want to talk about this last week because my God, what a 
what a nightmare. So we last weekend we had a training session. You know, mm-hmm. we were live from the hotel. So we were both, you know, pretty about three sheets in the wind doing that podcast. Um, so we did we did uh, we did an orientation. We brought in three new drivers. And so the first week when you're bringing new people in is always more hectic because you just you just got to get them in the system and get them moving. And so, you know, that added to the complexity because, you know, they don't know how to deal with Landstar. They don't know how to deal with the emails and the phone calls and all the different stuff, you know. So that's a challenge in itself. Uh, But, dude, the market, holy crap. Um, I mean, this was the biggest struggle that I have had probably in my – I've been around Landstar since 2014, so almost nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awful. I mean, just trying to get loads and, and you know, of course, if it was a broker load, they were lowballing, lowballing, lowballing. And, you know, I'm, I'm wanting like 1500 and they're like, we'll, we'll do it for a thousand. I'm like, no, no, I'm Ooh. not, I'm not moving this load for a thousand dollars. Um, and then the, of course, then we had the ones that canceled, which means they probably found a cheaper truck. Yeah. Um, and of course, truck broke down. Had to deal with that. Get the driver moved around in another truck and tow trucks and mechanics. And I mean, my blood pressure was—I mean, I was about to have a stroke by the time that week was over. Yeah. But you know, that's why we do what we do because we can weather this storm. Now, um, you know, if you haven't seen the interview that we did with the guy from Freight Waves where we talked about his uh, his survey. You know, he said, his respondents said, 35.2% of them said that if the conditions didn't improve, they were leaving the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, if they stay like they were last week for about another six weeks, they'll all be gone because um, yeah. it was ugly. And and Larry and I were talking a little bit before the before the show about people that have got into the industry right now with four and $5,000 a month truck payments that I, listen, I know y'all think that was, that was okay when the market was like it was. But this market has been coming for a long time, and now it's here, and it cannot support those kind of payments. You cannot have that kind of overhead and survive in a one fifty to two dollar market because that's we're we're in that buck seventy five to two twenty five market right now. Yeah, um, you know, thank God we've still got some we've still got some contract freight with Landstar Direct shippers that are above the market, but y'all, the spot market is in the toilet right now. And I mean, that's probably 40, 50% of our freight that we're booking is three PL. Uh, and man, it's garbage. So what, what are you, what are you seeing on your side as, as far as rates and stuff go? Well, as far as on my side, um, we, we usually have, of course, of course, I'm with a smaller company and they have, and we, I haul hazmat. Okay. And so with the hazmat rates, it's uh, because we have direct shippers, the the same point that you said earlier, because we have the direct shippers, guess what? We're able to stay above the storm and be able to weather the storm because that stuff, it has to move because it's on 10-day yards. It has to move every 10 days. And so they're going to make sure that that stuff, and then a lot of people not qualified to take that type of hazmat. And so with mm-hmm. them, uh, with the markets for us, um, it's been pretty steady. You know, I always like to say the market with me is, is, is real good because, you know, I, I the Lord be looking out for me, man, because I could have been down in the toilet, man, but I'd be like, man, thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I hear a lot of people complaining. But with with, with just with uh, what you just said, 
man, you cannot, you got to be wise about what you're doing. You got to have some wisdom. You got to have a mentor. And you got, and you cannot go out here with a $5,000, $6,000 a month payment and think you're going to survive. You see what I'm saying? No. Like, you need some money to put back. You don't need money just to operate because if you just operate, and guess what? You might as well be a glorified company driver. Because you don't have because one thing is gonna put you out of business. If you if you have a tire that blow out, guess what? You're gone. You're done. Dude, I saw a guy in a Landstar group today wanting to know if insurance would cover a nail in his tire. I'm like I'm like, you ain't you ain't got a hundred dollars to patch a well, I mean, you know, what well, what if the tire's gotta be replaced? I'm like, well then you buy a tire. Yeah. I mean you just you just buy a tire. That you know, I mean if it's one of our single super singles, it's twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. But you just buy a tire because you don't have you know, I don't know if that was the case that he literally didn't have the money or he was just thinking, Oh, well, you know, something unexpected happens, insurance is gonna cover it. I'm like, No, insurance doesn't cover tires. Yeah. God help us. Yeah. That 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 is one thing, man. We we gotta have the knowledge. Whenever anybody is getting into the industry, I tell people like this right here. First thing, do you have any money? Do you have any money? I mean, because nope. uh, when when you when you get into the industry and you don't have any money or you don't even have access to the money, you see what I'm saying? Because we all know I've I've been at Landstar when the rate when the race was like through the roof, boy. Everybody was eating, and then guess what? And then guess what? Back up there again, and then guess what? Yep. You see what I'm saying? And so you got to understand that in business, it's going to be some ups. It's going to be some downs. It's not always just going to be high how and way uphill. You just riding this because I've seen at times, um, um, like you have, you, you may have freight that's, you know, going up and going up and going up and going up, and then it may go down. It may not go all the way down to the to the pits, to the, mm-hmm. but it's down there. You see what I'm saying? No, no, it's it's more than what you would normally do. And and with the cost of inflation, inflation taking stuff up, man, and prices of fuel going up and stuff, everything is going up. And so your the the loads that you used to be able to take for two dollars a mile, and it was oh man, this is two dollars a mile. It ain't no more. <laughs> Cost yeah. the 2017 $2 a mile is different from the 2023 $2 a mile. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I, I saw uh, Landstar sent out a flyer with their uh, schedule of mm-hmm. their, you know, uh, at Matt's at the truck show where they're going to have the different little seminars and stuff. And one was called Who Set the Rates? I'm like, I'm going to have one of those big giant – things of popcorn to just sit in the back of the room because all hell's going to break loose, you know, because so many of them, they're mad at the agent. And yeah. I'm like, why, why are you mad at the agent? You, you think the agent sets the rate, you know, but of course average American don't understand economics 101 supply and demand. Yeah. Um, and, and you've got to watch, you know, cause you, you want somebody to blame, but look in the mirror that that's the only person that can do anything about it. You know, you, you can't, Landstar's not going to fix your problem. Agents aren't going to fix your problem. Brokers, presidents, congressmen, they're not going to fix your problems. You're, you're going to have to be the one that figures out what's it going to take for me to survive to tomorrow. And, you know, right now we know what the cost of fuel is. 
Yeah. Our cost is in the low 50s, high 40s, you know, for the trucks getting the best fuel mileage. We know that we've got so much in fixed cost every week, and the driver's getting a percentage, the truck owners are getting a percentage, and we're getting a percentage. So we know what that floor is, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you can still, you th- th- that's the problem. It, you have to work harder for less money than you did last year. And that's a really uncomfortable position to be in that you have to work harder, drive more miles, do more freight for less money than you did it last year in order to survive. And if you can't handle that, boy, you're going to have a rough, rough six months. Because ain't nothing going to change it. You better go out there and hit that pavement and find those direct shippers where you can and and make how about how about be nice to them yeah you know how about not take dump in their parking lot um how about not yell and scream at everybody you know um go out and win that business you know cuz here's the other here's the other thing that that I see that when rates go down people think the level of service should go down well as mm-hmm. as well well that you can't do that. You, you can't, oh, well, this, this load don't only pay so much, so they're not going to get this out of me. No, no, you, you have to work. You have to, which this is just, this is just common sense and mat- maturity. You have to work as hard for a dollar a mile as you do $5. Yeah. If you're going to have some integrity about you, right? you know? And so if you think that because, you know, you used to be able to get $2,500 a day and now you're getting $1,500 a day, that you can somehow discount your service, that, that's that's not happening, you know? And you might as well go ahead and put that truck up for sale now. You better do it now because the bottom's falling out of the used truck market. Yeah. Um, and you want me to take so, yeah. something else too, man? A lot of times, man, when people get out here, the thing that they do is, uh, like I was talking to somebody the other day, and it was a perfect example. They were saying, man, I can't find no freight. Uh, I'm like, man, what you know? Where you going to? Because, uh, uh, because I know it's freight out here. You know, it may not be what you want to take, but it's freight out here. I'm like, mm-hmm. where are you going to to find the freight? Well, I only, I only go here and I only go there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the reason why you can't find no freight because you, you may have to stretch out some. You probably gonna have to stretch out some out of your comfort zone to be able to. Um, you may have to dig in a little bit just a, a little, little further. You may have to go a little bit further to take a load. You may have to go on the East Coast. You may have to go somewhere where you usually don't go to be able to take. Mm-hmm. And another thing is this right here. Let me. You see this right here? Mm-hmm. We'll get all this money right here. Okay. This probably about. I don't know how much this is, but we'll get all of this money right here. Okay. And this is what we bring in for the week. And because we don't change our mindset, guess what happens? This is what happens to a lot of, at least, especially first-time owner-operators. You'll get all of this money right here for the week. And let's say this is around about $7,000. You'll get all this right here for the week. And guess what you do? Mm-hmm. Spend every penny of it like you're a company yep. driver, like you're about to get this next week. You're not about to get that next week. What if a tire goes out? What if a turbo goes out? What what if a what if a cam needs to be fixed? What if something needs to be fixed on your truck? You have got to if you get this right here, live like you like you live like you're on a potted meat budget. You see, like mm-hmm. a lot of times people they try to eat steak on a potted meat budget, and you don't need to do that. You need to. Hey, I, I, 
I, I, I resemble that remark, just so you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what put me out. You know, I, my problem wasn't, uh, I wasn't finding loads and booking freight, dude. I mean, I can go back and my numbers, of course, I still have every document, by the way, I have every freight bill, every email, every, everything. Right. Um, that was, that was the, that was the hard thing for me to swallow was my numbers were awesome. Mm-hmm. We just spent it all. Yeah. And when the truck broke, that was, that was it. It was over. We killed yeah. the goose laying the golden eggs. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it's a hard for a company driver or someone, someone that's been an employee their whole life. Yeah. Because it's so easy to become an owner operator. And now you're seeing 2000 a week and 3000 a week and 4,000 a week. And in the, in the big market, five and six and $8,000 a week. Yeah. You're seeing that come in and you, you, you make the horrible, horrible mistake that you think that money belongs to you. Yeah. No, some of it does, but the Kenworth dealer is coming, you know, the tire <laughs> shop's coming, Yeah. you know, and, uh, I mean, we just had a $7,000 repair yeah. on a truck, um, that over the span of the life of that truck's not a big deal, but it was seven grand at one shot. You know, and if you, we didn't have that seven grand, um, what are we going to do? That truck ain't going to run. And, and, you know, you've got to have that, you got to have that savings account. So, all right, let's, let's move on to, uh, this, the, the topic, um, training truck drivers in 2023. Oh, this makes my head hurt just thinking about it. (laughs) When, so a little context, when, when I first came to Larry and about, I want to say about six months in, I think we both had the idea of doing something like this, but couldn't really identify it. We knew we worked well together. We knew we could build a business together. Um, and he, but of course he's 50 year business guy, right? He's yeah. used to hiring people. And so hired this guy, you know, well, he got, got a call from Landstar. Hey, this guy needs help. And so big hearted Larry, um, listen to this guy's story and he'd worked for a couple other BCOs and, and, uh, so he tells me about it and he's like, well, here we're, we're going to do, and I'm going to do an orientation with him. We'll put him in this truck. And I'm like, okay, great. And the guy lasted two weeks and we fired him. I mean, he just, just, just unbelievably irresponsible decisions. Um, like he, he drove, uh, he drove a thousand miles in 24 hours, most of it on personal conveyance. You know, I'm like, Hey buddy, you're done you're done. So then we hired another one and he was just as bad. And it, so we're right now we're at the end of, of 18, early 19. And I, I had to have, I said, look, Larry, listen, brother, I, I thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, it, it's saved our, saved my marriage. It's saved my life. It's, it's, it's it, this opportunity turned everything around. And I've always wanted to have a fleet because I've always done that. Man, hey, man, I've got one truck. Let me get two trucks and three trucks. And hell, if I had five trucks. But I said, listen, if these idiots are what we have to deal with, no, thank you. I'm out. I'll get one truck. I now have learned my lesson. I can probably make 150 a year with one truck. I don't need all of this. Yeah. Well, then we did the podcast, changed everything, started, the phone started ringing with super high quality drivers. Seth Coberly was the first one um, that responded to the podcast. He's still with us today. He's an, he's an assistant fleet manager. He owns a truck. 
just couldn't ask for a better guy. Like he is the guy you want. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. So there is value in this. So we kind of officially start the program and we start bringing people in. And I start realizing, wait a minute. You don't know how to read a map. You don't know what the axle weight. You don't know how to use a cat scale. You don't. You don't understand how hours of service works. You don't you like you. You must open the permit book and see Chinese, because you sure as hell can't read it. You know, and and I'm going. Wait a minute. How to experienced? We you have to have one year of verifiable over-the-road experience to drive for us at Landstar. Yeah. How the hell did we get here? I, I, I just, which 2023 and experienced drivers don't know how to drive trucks. Yeah. I, I, I'm at a loss. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know who's doing the training, but I also don't want this to be the hate on Swift Schneider, JB Hunt, U S express. But yeah. if it whack, if it walks like a duck and smells like a duck and quacks like a duck, maybe it's a duck. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, what are what are you seeing? Is it, it is it just me? Is it just our experience, or no. are you seeing this too? No, I, I see I see that as well. Uh, a lot of people, man, when they get into the trucking industry, they get into the trucking industry knowing they want to be an owner operator, but don't take any steps. They know they want more, but they don't take any steps during that first year to be able to learn anything new. They're just driving a truck, and that's it. They're not trying to learn anything new. And so I've seen people out there that don't know how to slide tandems because they've been picking up, and they don't know how to back up to a door, you know, because they've just been driving, you know, dropping off and, you know, dropping hooks and stuff like that. So they don't know how to back up to a door. They don't know what to look for. They don't know where to go. They don't. They 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 don't know anything about hazmat. They don't know anything about. It, it's like the, like the stuff that you normally would know about. Like you don't know. You don't know anything. All you're doing is basically. I hate to say this, but you're just holding the steering wheel, going down the road. You know that you don't know how to. You don't know how to weigh your axle. Like this, it, it, it's a shame, and. What I do is, like, even with people that's in school right now that's wanting to learn how to drive a truck or they're about to go to school learn how to drive a truck, I tell them, hey, get with me. Get with somebody so we can tell you, okay, you're going to use that first year to be able to uh, treat that truck like it's your own truck. You're going you're gonna to start building relationships as a, as a company driver like you are an owner-operator. You're going to be treating that truck like it's your own truck. Everything that has to be done on a truck, you're going to be trying to find out what's on that truck and, and what needs to be done. You, if, if, if it needs to be done, if permits need to be for that, you're going to find all of that stuff out, okay? Because if you don't, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get over here. To, so you're going to get to somewhere like Landstar, Mercer, or whoever it is. You're going to get, you're going to get there, and once you get there, it's going to be like, hey, look, we need you to take a load to the net of it. Well, I don't go there. Well, the Lord is paying good money. We're going to get up there and, and, and run up under a bridge that's too small or, you know, because you don't know how to read a map. You don't know the difference between a parkway and a, and a, and a roadway. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you're going to end up going on a parkway and, and, and going down something that's too small. So I ended up I ended up on the Hudson Parkway in Manhattan one time. I was only on it for about a block and a half. Mm. But you talk about lightning bolts going up my ass. That was a 
that was a hell of an experience. I, I didn't end up on the Hudson, but I, I went down the parkway one time and had to get escorted out. Not <laughs> 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 by the police, because he was like, man, I need you to go up under this bridge. But he was like, you can go up under the bridge, but you're going to have to get up under and go like at a kind of like a sliding angle or whatever. So yeah. Get up on the, on the little thing. And, you know, it was crazy. And then he was like, yeah, just pull over there. And after you finish, when we get up under the bridge, just pull over there. I pulled over there. He said, okay, so I can write you a whole bunch of tickets, but I'm only going to write you two. Back <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in like 2009, I was like, man, golly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I mean, maybe the – we always on the CB, we always call them freight haulers. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that freight hauling, which is which is the – the entry to the industry, you know, uh, of course they're, they're giving him these godforsaken automatic transmission restrictions. If you hear the sound of my voice and you want to be a truck driver, do not go somewhere where they're going to give you an automatic transmission restriction on your license. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Find somebody else. Look around. I don't care if you've got to go across the country mm-hmm. to find you a school that will teach you on a manual transmission. And I know the training co- companies are hard to find that have manuals. But guys, you, 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 if you want to be an owner operator, you've got to drive a manual and it's not preference. It's risk assessment. It's cost of maintenance. You're better off with a manual transmission than you are an automatic. Mm-hmm. I prefer, uh, I prefer a manual cause that's what I grew up on. Right. Yeah. I um, <laughs> but I've drove a I've drove an automatic and hell it's nice. Yeah. It, Till you try to back into a dock, but other than that, going down the road, it, it's nice. But side note, it, side note, I gotta mm-hmm. say this: somebody hit my truck in December. I just got mm-hmm. my truck back about two weeks ago. Okay, um, and I got a loaner truck, and with the loaner truck, the loaner truck was an automatic. It was fine until I tried to back up, and I'm trying to ease back, and every time I ease back, the thing boom hitting the back of the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, what? Why is this thing? I I like to have control. You see what I'm saying? Control going down, yeah. down control going up or whatever. And I think, I, yeah, I love. I'm just saying, I love an automatic better. I mean, a, tra- a manual better than I do an automatic. If if they would if they would go back to the three pedal, I'd kind of be okay with it. Where I have a clutch for yeah. backing up. Yeah. You know, the first the first automatic I drove was the very first Eaton that came out in like '99 or 2000 at US Express, and you had a clutch. Yeah. Well, there, there wasn't a problem. And I drove one of these damn T680s that won't crawl, and you're trying to just barely breathe on the gas pedal, and all of a sudden you're going 12 miles an hour backwards, you know? And I'm going, <laughs> no, 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 this, this can't happen. Give me a damn clutch. Fine, we'll have the automatic. But give me a clutch, for Christ's sake. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, so anyway, I, and I don't know what to tell people. Um, you know, cause I get the occasional email or comment, you know, see them on TikTok or whatever. And I'm like, well, Hey, I want to get in the industry. How? Well, that used to be an easy answer. Just well, it didn't matter. Go to Swift, Schneider, JB Hunt, whoever, somebody that'll train you. Yeah. But now I can't, I can't give that advice as easily because they're not, they're not teaching people how to be a independent at all. Um, I still can't imagine how, how do you go to Schneider and not know how to use a cat scale 
and not know where I've been at Schneider. I drove for Schneider. I saw the kind of information that they gave out. Yeah. You know, all the little books and the tapes and all the trainings that they had. Surely Schneider is still teaching people how to do scale weights and maybe the people that I'm getting just don't. Um, but it's a, it's an enormous, enormous problem in this industry that, like you said, we're they're not drivers anymore. They're steering wheel holders, like a placeholder. And they're not learning anything. Uh, and then if they're in the situation where they've got to be the problem solver and there's nobody to call on the phone, they don't know the fundamentals of trucking. And yeah, uh, I saw a guy the other day, uh, or, uh, I said BCOs in one of our TikTok comments, and he, he had like this long thread of comments. There should be, there should be apprentice level A and B and C, and it should be, you should do three months of this and three months of that and six months. Listen, brother, I agree 100%. Trucking, training and trucking should be an apprenticeship, and it should probably take a year before you're allowed to drive on your own. Here's my big question for you, brother. Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. Because they're not going to pay. They're not going to. Hell, you barely get them to do four weeks now. How are you going to talk them into paying for a year of training when they can put them in a truck with a trainer for four weeks and wish them the best of luck? You know, it's. uh, And I tell I told these guys that came here last week and I said, y'all realize 18 months, our program's 18 months. I'm like, y'all realize 18 months is not enough, right? To get his 50 years of business and my 25 years of trucking into your brain in 18 months, it's not long enough. Right. Um, you know, Larry and I work so well together because the combination of our experiences present us with a problem and give us 10 minutes max. And we will have gone through all the different scenarios and options. We could do this and this and this and this, and that sucks and that sucks and that sucks and that won't work. But Hey, this one might give us five or 10 minutes and we'll figure it out. Yeah. But to dump somebody that comes from the company, especially with no prior business experience, never done a PNL, never done any kind of accounting, never done taxes, never had an LLC, never done anything like that. In 18 months, it's a big, big challenge. And I'm, I mean, I'm doing the best that I can, but just realizing that not only do I have to teach you business and accounting and fixed cost and variable cost and fuel mileage and maintenance, I got to teach you how to drive the damn truck. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm mad about it, you know, and I'm, I'm trying again, I'm trying not to make this hate on the big companies podcast, but yeah. God, they're making it hard. But you know what? Yeah. One of the things that I do do like about Lenshaw, like when I was there, they have these uh the calves class um that you do. And man, it it uh it gives you back when I was there, it gives you more of a hey, this is what you need to do, this is what you this is what you don't need to do. because uh, I went when I went to the calves class in Jefferson. And also with the calves class. What a lot of people don't realize is that it's people that's in the class class has been there before. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's good to talk to those different people and talking to those uh to the people that's teaching the class outside of the class. So once you start building these relationships with people and stuff, man, you're gonna understand how can I get a better rate? How can I how can I learn how to talk to the shipper? How can I learn how to do 
you know, how can I learn how to do these different things? Like uh, a P&L statement and stuff. Because when I first came in and became my own operator, one of the things that uh, I was talking to this lady uh, and she was teaching the class. And man, she was brilliant. And she was up there at, at Landstar. And at the height of her like trucking career, she had like 90 or 95 trucks. Okay. Had 95 trucks. And her and her husband, uh, she was traveling all over the place. And so she had kind of like retired or whatever. So now she's over there at Landstar and she's teaching this the uh, uh, orientation class. So she's teaching the orientation class. And I talked to her, and I said, hey, look, I'm trying to get to your position. I'm trying to find out what I need to do to be able to grow like you. First thing she told me, she said, you need to find a lawyer and a tax person that don't know each other. Then you need to go to the, and then you need to go to the Small Business Administration and get some help on how to build your business the way you want to build it. You see what I'm saying? Because everybody... The, the way that you want to build your business and what you're trying to do for your particular family or your legacy or your generation or whatever it is that you're trying to do, your numbers is going to be different from my numbers. Like, uh, 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 you said you, you was married. You said you had to place your daughter, so I'm assuming you have, you have a wife and at least one daughter. So me, I have a wife, two kids. But even if we had, even if we both had wife and two kids, guess what? You live in Kentucky, I live in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? We're going in two totally different directions. So what may be good for me may not be good for you. You know mm -hmm. what what the bottom line may be for me, you may need a bigger bottom line. You see what I'm saying? You may need a higher bottom line. You know? One of the things that like when I was at Landstar, it was this one particular gentleman and him and his wife, he he uh, he got kids, but his kids at the house. And so it's him, his wife, and they live uh, he didn't have no truck payment, truck paid off, and I'd be like, man, like, uh, he was like, man, I'm gonna just run this right right here, and I'm gonna just save this bill of lading right here, and I'm gonna turn this in next week because I don't feel like working next week. And I'm like, brother, like, I'm trying to turn mine in today. As soon as I get that, I'm scared of it. But it was him and his wife. His wife worked, he worked, and they were living in a trailer. Uh, they live in a house or whatever. They have paid off. Everything they got is paid off. You see what I'm saying? So with your stuff get, being paid off, he got an older truck. They got all that death and stuff on it. He had an older truck. And so with, with with the stuff that he had going on, guess what? He's able to be profitable and, and not able to got to run, got to run, got to run, got to run. You see what I'm saying? And still have yeah. it set aside. Yeah. Somebody got it. And, and that's that's one thing for, for all the people that Landstar that hate on Landstar and just just a public service announcement I don't give a shit what you think about Landstar um <laughs> but for the people that hate on Landstar okay y'all don't even grasp the concept of how much freight there is at Landstar that never hits the board mm -hmm. right Say that, that the the specialized van stuff the platform heavy haul uh, a a and e um there is stuff here that pays what you couldn't even dream of. Mm -hmm. The problem is you can't survive general freight long enough to get there. Yeah. And I've met the guys that drive 20 and 30 and 40 and 50,000 miles a year. Cause exactly what you just said, my truck's paid for my trailer's paid for my house is paid for. I got boats and motorcycles and cars and, 
um, it's all paid for. So I don't have uh, to make $150,000 a year just to survive. Yeah. I can live on 50 or 60, right? And if my truck is an asset in the, in the Robert Kiyosaki sense of what an asset is, it's yeah. something that's not a liability. It, 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 it only creates income for you. Yeah. Then, yeah, you can, uh, I mean, you can have, I've seen these people with lift gates and equipment and all this very, very specialized stuff where they don't have to go out and kill themselves to make a living. Yeah. But your new business is like a baby. And for that first five years or so, if you don't feed it, it will die. Yeah. You know, and that's the hardest thing to grasp is when you move from, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's in trucking or not. If you move, when you take that step from employee to business owner, mm-hmm. you are going to work harder than you ever did as an employee. Right. Because business people run, they work 24, seven, 365. We don't get holidays off. My phone don't ever get turned off. Um, I'm on duty 24-7-365. Right. Even when I'm on vacation, I got my phone, I got my iPad, I got my computer. This whole com- this whole computer I'm doing this thing on goes with me everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that, right? So you have to be okay with that. I'm not, I'm, please don't understand. I'm not complaining. I, I love what I do. But you just have to understand that you don't, you don't get to turn your business off, you know? And, and it's worse in trucking because, you know, if you've got a restaurant or you're a plumber or you've got some other kind of business, well, at some point, hey, it's 5 o'clock, we're shutting down, we're going to the house. Yeah. Or it's, it's, it's 11 o'clock at night, we're going we're gonna to clean up the kitchen, we're going to close the restaurant, and we're going to go home, and we're going to open it again tomorrow. Yeah. But you're still, if you own that business, you're thinking about it all night long from the time you close the door at night till you come back in the next morning, you're thinking right. about, okay, is everybody going to show up? Do I have everything that I need? Um, you know, I saw, have you, uh, do you know, you know, Chuck, Ch- check, engine Chuck on TikTok. You know, watch him. You know what? You want me to take a side note, man. Go ahead. I know people like I be on TikTok. I post on TikTok, but I don't be on TikTok like that. I'm not really a social media guy. So I'm not oh, scrolling it. or nothing like that. But, I'm an addict. But I just post and get off. I rarely, I rarely respond to comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably a good policy. Well, there's this guy, Check Engine Chuck, and he he's got a little mobile car repair business. Got him a little, got him a little van, yeah. and he goes around and diagnoses cars and fixes them. Mm-hmm. And he did this this amazing video. I don't know. I saw it today, so hell, it's a week old or whatever. But yeah. he's like, I failed. I have failed. I've made bad decisions. And what he tried to do was have the mobile business and also a physical shop. Yeah. And he's closing the physical shop. And one of the issues, he said, look, I got the guys I got working for me are good, but they're not great. Yeah. You know, in order to keep this building open, I'm going to have to have two or three or four really super duper techs. And I can't find those. I mean, I, the guys I get, they're okay. Um, but to have to, to have his his mobile business having to support the other business and then going in debt to keep it open, and he had to make the decision. Okay, well, this uh, he's taking the signs off the building. I'm closing this, and I'm focusing on this. And those are the hard decisions that you have to make as a business owner. Yeah, when you have to say, okay, I can't, 
I can't do this the way I'm doing it any longer. Um, I can't keep making, I can't keep losing money. And if, if something's losing money, you can't do it anymore. And I've, I've had to quit dedicated routes. I've had to fire customers and say, look, Hey man, I, I can't do this anymore, you know, cause it's yeah. not profitable for me anymore. And that you got to be okay with that. Yeah. It's just business. Just business. Um, Let's hit a couple comments right quick. Um, oh, so we're live. <laughs> yeah, we're live on YouTube, brother. Oh, I didn't know. You can see if you look if you look over on the right side of the screen, you'll see it. She should see it. it says comments, banners, brand. You see that? No, over on the right side of the screen. Only thing I see is you're in the show. Everybody can see and hear you. Oh, okay. Well, there's comments over here on the right side, so I'll put one up so you can see it. Uh, let me go back and roll through here. Here's a guy. It's the guy with his own authority. Said has Matt Holler here as well. Thank God for my few direct customers. Yeah. Um. Now this is this is Rocky Rockefeller oh, down in. You know what? Uh-huh. I do got something to say. I he just maybe just when it, when I seen the land start and percentage, I I I, I seen something. I I was gonna say something earlier when you was talking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if you like land or not. I had I got something to say, and I haven't even read this whole thing right here. But yeah, well, this this is this is Rocky. So he's an MD alignment guy down in Florida, and mm-hmm. former BCO. And uh, this is something that we see. You know, oh well, Landstar should lower, they should lower the percentage when when the market's bad. You know, so he's being tongue in cheek here. Yeah. Um, but people are like, they're like, oh well, hey, my expenses are higher and the fuel is higher, and so Landstar should lower their percentage. And and I'm like, how many of y'all gave them a discount in 2020, uh, 2021? Did did y'all ever offer to write Landstar any checks, you know, to give them give them some of the money now that you're making so much good? But no, yeah. uh, because uh, Rocky's he where he does all this alignment work down there, he's always just a homeless shelter down in St. Augustine. And he says, it's the same bunch sitting around for weeks at a time complaining. And the ones leasing a Schneider finance truck for a thousand dollars a week, telling him uh, how unfair Lane star is. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. you know what? Uh, one of the things I was going to say is this right here. I talked to a lot of guys. And even when I was at Lane like people asked me, why you leave Lane Why you leave Lane And I, and I always say, you know, I didn't leave because Landstar was bad. You know what I'm saying? I left because I left, you know. But, it, you know, uh, but Landstar is not a bad company. And people was like, man, I wouldn't pay no, I wouldn't get nobody no 35% to, to, to run up under their thumb. But I'm like, okay, yeah, you say that. And I tell people this all the time. I'm just, the people be like, man, I'm just looking for something where I can get like 85% of the load. Uh, 85% coming to me, 90% coming to me. I run up under my home, boy, man. He give me, he, he let me run up under him for 90% of, uh, of the low. Okay, 90% of what? Thank you. 90% of what? Okay? Because, yeah, you're 90% of uh, uh, $30,000? Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 90% of, uh, uh, would you rather have 65% of, of seven or $8,000? And a lot of people always talk about this right here. I heard a comment a few few weeks ago that said, would you rather have, a lot of people would rather have a whole grape than half of a watermelon. That's so good. You see what I mean? I'm all right. Like, I'm all right I, you would rather have ownership of a whole grape than to say, you know what? I want half of that watermelon right there. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Man, give me half of the watermelon. And and and, and a lot of times, your homeboy ain't getting no fuel, sur- fuel surcharge. Right. Your homeboy, your homeboy ain't, don't have those, those cheap insurance rates because it's a group insurance. Yep. They be, hey, I come up with that all the time, man. But whatever it is, uh, if I if I'm le- I'd rather lease on to a company and let them because I'm Absolutely. the type of people that I don't like doing certain stuff. You see what I'm saying? So I I I outsource everything. So if I can have the company do that for me or do or file my if and file all that stuff for me, uh, if I can have somebody else do that for me, I don't want to do all that stuff because I'm doing a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Right, and your time is valuable. Time you is know? valuable, okay? So I'd rather, I'd rather outsource, I outsource everything. Only thing I don't outsource is my wife. And my kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, Larry did the analysis, financial analysis, and we're at, we're at 26 to 28% going to Landstar, not 35. When you consider the fuel surcharge, accessorials, and it all comes down to the bottom line, so if you have your own authority and you're spending less than 26% of your total gross income on all of the things that we get from Landstar, trailer, insurance, discounts, all that, if it doesn't equal or, or exceed 28 or 26 to 28%, um, the problem is, and, and Rocky hit it here, the problem is 99% of them don't really know what their costs are. You don't know what you're running for. And like I said, you're trading the whole grape for half a watermelon, Mm -hmm. right? And I, like you said, lease to a carrier. It doesn't matter that it's Landstar. I like Landstar because Landstar works for us and what we do. But if I was leased to Anderson Trucking Service um, and the contract was almost identical, it was 2% different. They paid 67, Landstar paid 65. Every other line in that contract was almost identical. They provided this and this and this and this, and I had to pay for this, that, and the other. But there was all this stuff over here that I never had to spend a dime out of my pocket for. Yeah. And that's that's enormous, and you you have to count that cost. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, you're you're just oh well I'm I'm, I'm independent and I'm getting hundred percent of the money. Okay. Well, where's it going? That's what I want to know. How much are you spending? And, and, and honestly, we have to break this into two categories because, and I see it in our comment section, you have, um, you have the independent owner-operators with their own authority that are doing everything right. They're doing all their filing correctly, mm-hmm. everything they're doing, and they have a legitimate business. Right. Okay? And then there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. All right. Cause we know damn well, we both been in this industry long enough to know there's a bunch of people out there. I'm independent. Blah, blah. blah and I've filed a tax return in 12 years. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, because the guys that are truly independent, have their own truck, have their own trailer, have their own numbers, have gone out, beat the bushes, got direct customers are doing their deal. Y'all have my absolute complete total utmost respect because that shit's hard. Right, right. It's really hard. And if you're doing it, my hat's off to you. Mm-hmm. I cannot in good conscience recommend that a company driver that's never had any business experience, that's never filed a PNL, that's never done it to go straight from employee 
to independent owner-operator with their own authority. That is a disaster looking for a place to happen. I think Landstar's a great stepping stone to that. Yeah. But I can tell you this, I have zero desire to go out and and get customers. Yeah. I, I got I, Landstar agents can do that. Y'all go ahead. Y'all do the sales calls. Y'all y'all knock on doors and kiss babies and send out flyers. I absolutely want no part of trying to find, book, and retain direct customers. I got my my plate runneth over. I got plenty of stuff to do. I don't have to worry about doing that. Yeah. And so anytime, like you said, I can outsource a lot of that for a relatively small, when you consider what it actually is, percentage, no factoring, uh, don't have to pay for a trailer, don't have to pay for trailer maintenance, don't have to pay for insurance, don't have my insurance get canceled, don't have the insurance company say, well, yeah, you've got the money, but we're not going to take your check. We, we heard that one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. They literally wouldn't take the guy's check. Jeez. He's out of business. Just instantly. Uh, it, it's, it's just too, too much risk. And uh, how much is your time worth? Oh. How, how much is plenty. your time worth to be able to go out and... Okay, you're 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 booking loads. Okay, uh, uh, you drive down the road, holding the phone, trying to book a load, trying to call somebody, trying to figure out what's who got the best rate, and you're doing your IFTA and your permits and all this stuff like this. It, it, how, how much is your time worth? Because you you've driven eight to eleven hours for the day, then you got to sit up another two hours to make sure all your filings are right. You know, to make sure, and then you got to. Like you said, you gotta go kiss babies. You gotta grease palms. You may have, and if you really want to build relationships, you may have to go take some trips. You see what I'm saying? And meet these people. Okay, yeah. how much is your flight, hotel, and going there, getting an Uber or renting a car and spending the day with them? You know, uh, trying to butter them up. You know, uh, paying for their food and doing all this stuff. Like at the end of the day, how much are you really spending? If you're gonna really do it right and beat the bushes till you get a break to be able to find good customers, that's really gonna give you that solidified freight. Mm-hmm. I, I listen. I'd rather I'd rather have my my arm cut off than go do exactly what you're talking about. You know, I yeah. no, abs hell no, absolutely not. I mean, no, you run, thank you. Running and running, and you don't have nothing else to do. You you just running and running and running. You know what I'm saying? And, and so you don't have no time for no social life. Like like last night you went to go play the bass for your daughter. Well, you wouldn't be able to do that because you'll probably be in Arkansas somewhere meeting up with a customer, uh, trying to take them to, to dinner and brunch and spend the weekend with them, go play golf with them and everything like that. <laughs> just so you can so you can make a deal, so you can you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 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 insane. I I there's there's that that's like the le- that's seventh level of hell, mm-hmm. you know. As far as I'm concerned, um, well, somebody somebody's got this question here. What what's the point of owning a fleet if you were lucky enough to earn enough money per truck to pay the truck note, the driver, and earn twenty thousand dollar possible profit? If that's possible, it would take you three trucks just to replace your salary. Okay, well, number one, your numbers are way way off. Uh, well, first of all, you don't have a truck note. We don't have truck notes. All of our trucks are paid for. Um, we have a video on our channel about Zeke's truck that we that Zeke paid $5,000 for, put 35 more into it to get it ready. In 12 months, the driver got 90, Zeke made 45, and we made 48. 
that truck made $180,000 profit in 12 months. Now, in the big market, we're certainly not expecting that truck to make that those kind of numbers th- this year in 12 months. Yeah. Um, but I fully expect that truck to make – it made $315,000 net to the truck July 21 to July 22. Um, I expect it to – if it runs full-time, I would expect it to do 250 to 280. Yeah. Um, the driver's still going to make 80 – five ish, you know, our profit's going to be a little bit less. Uh, but in our system where they paid for a truck, if you had five of them, you should be able to not drive and make a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I would take that deal. I mean, especially if you're Zeke, you know, Zeke, Zeke's got a full-time job as a fuel hauler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he had, if he did earn just $20,000 off of his five trucks, y'all, that's a hundred grand. And you know what he's done to earn that? Zero. I did all the work. Yeah. He ain't hired a driver. He ain't booked a load. He's making a hundred thousand dollars owning five trucks. That's it. Because we do the rest. Yeah. And what do you um, mean? With a, like, to, first of all, if you, if you had five trucks and you're also working another job as well, like, you have to you have to go internally and start asking yourself, okay, what are your spending habits? What are you spending your money on that you can't survive off of it? Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, how much is your how much is your house note? You know what I'm saying? And usually that's not the problem, uh, but it's usually just like spending, 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 and you don't know how to. There's something there to where you just c- constantly spending, 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 and stuff. You know, like I like with my. Just with the social media stuff, man, I made so much money just doing that. I'm, I'm grateful to have that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's. It, it, listen, y'all. It's it's all perspective. Okay. Yeah. That, that's. Uh, that's the big thing here that we're that we're trying to get everybody to understand is, you've got to have some some perspective in that business, is, an opportunity to uh, to earn through service you know you are serving other people you are finding someone and meeting someone's need you know right. I, 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 I sent a message to a friend of mine who's a contractor because uh, I need a roof because the winds came through last night and tore my roof up Woo! you know uh now that, I'm gonna find a guy through that yesterday too mm-hmm. Going to Kentucky and come I went to Calvert City and came back. yeah brother. I was, <laughs> man, I, hey, that, yeah, it was, I, uh, it, I went loaded, came back empty. I was, I was empty in Tennessee and I drove on to the house, but. Whew. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, we, my pickup truck just going to Charleston last night, you know, I was blowing all over the place and I'm seeing the big doll. I, so you, you know where nitro West Virginia is, uh, right on 64, between 64. like Huntington and yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going west on 64 last night, and they're putting these big bridges in. They're redoing the bridges at the 45. Mm-hmm. And so they got the right lane closed, which used to be an exit only lane to go to Nitro. Well, now they got that closed. So we're just trucking along, and this four wheeler in front of me, they move over. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know this lane's closed. And so I move over. And dude, about the time I moved over, one of those construction signs that you pull behind a trailer that has the flashing arrow. Yeah had got blown into the slow lane 
by that wind and was sitting there and wasn't a light on. And my headlights just hit it right as I moved over. I just about blasted that some bitch. And I called 911. I'm like, hey, y'all know about this thing in the road? And they're like, oh, yeah, Nitro PDs. I'm like, well, they better haul ass. All right, because somebody's fixing to blast that thing, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, well, let's take a break here real quick because we've got a sponsor we got to talk about. And uh, we kind of felt bad because Larry and I kind of got drunk last weekend, and we forgot about the sponsor until the end of the show. <laughs> um, now, are, as a driver, uh, are you a podcast guy? You, you like listening to podcasts? I do like listening to podcasts. Sometimes I listen to music. I listen to audio books, but I do like listening to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we've got one called uh, "What Was That Like?" podcast. It's uh, the hosted by Scott Johnson, and he finds people that have been in like life threatening situations, and he interviews them and asks them what was that like. And yeah. so this week's this week's episode is uh, Leslie lives in Nashville. A few years ago, there was uh, severe flooding in her area. She was quickly gathering up things to try to evacuate her house while the floodwaters rose, and a friend was there to help her, and she also had a couple of dogs. Then a gas line broke in the garage, and her house was now on fire. She didn't know what to do, and then a neighbor showed up at her front door on a jet ski, and it was their only option to get out. As they finally rode away, the house exploded. So, wow, I'm gonna have to go listen to that one. That's right. That's what was that like podcast hosted by Scott, uh, Scott Johnson? Yeah, you can find it. Uh, what what was that like podcast dot com, and uh, um any uh any podcast player. So y'all go check him out and let Scott know that you heard about him on the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Um, I want to hit this one real quick. Uh, Landstar wants thirty five percent. How much do you guys charge? Uh, well, Landstar gets 35% of the line haul. They don't get percentage of some access oils, and they don't get percentage of the fuel surcharge. So that's why it's 26 to 28% they're actually getting. Uh, we don't charge anything. Our money is made off of the operation of the truck. So you come and drive for us, and you operate the truck, and that's how we get our money. So we don't charge anything for our program. We make money while you're here 
through the operation of the truck, but the truck has to operate efficiently and it has to be utilized at a high rate so that everybody gets paid. Uh, there's plenty of information about that on the homepage of the website. Go click on Lunatic Masterclass and all of the details are there. Um, so have you ever had any notions of, of buying more trucks and having a fleet or? I have. That's what I, I wanted to do that. But the more, <laughs> the more that I start dealing with people, I'd be like, man, like I'm going to really have to find some real good drivers, which I, which I could probably go out and get uh, probably two trucks right now. I probably go out because I got two. I, I know I got two good drivers that are that I know. You know, they're company drivers now. I know they'll they'll come up under my two. They'll listen to me and be real, uh, real teachable. And you know, they'll still get paid way more money than what they're getting paid right now. Because um, right now they're probably like at sixty. You know, so to bring them up to about eighty or ninety, you know, what I'm saying that's going to be an extreme bump for them, you know. So, uh, and then too, I'm 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 interested in getting rich slow. You know, what I'm saying, and so and I talk to a lot of fleet owners and people who have trucks and different things like that, and they're just coming into the industry and they're just wanting to put find a driver, put a, put somebody in the truck and stuff like that. But you know, they don't want to pay the drivers. Like you got to pay drivers if you want them to stay. You know. You can't, yeah. you can't you can't get a driver and just nickel and diamond. You know you got to treat treat. You know if they if they're if they're doing what they're supposed to do, pay them. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's been a challenge too for everybody mm -hmm. because you know I mean we're we're in a separate niche because people come to us to learn the business. They're I'm not hiring truck drivers. I'm not just looking for anybody to get in my truck and and drive for me. That, that's not where we're after. Um, but if, if you've got a 10 or 50 or 500 or 5,000 truck fleet, um, and, and your business is hiring truck drivers to haul freight for you. Well, dude, in 2020 and 21, you had to keep jacking that driver pay up. Well, yeah. now the drivers are expecting a hundred thousand dollars a year, Yeah, you know? And I don't, I don't know that our freight can pay a hundred thousand right now. I mean, if it, I think it's possible if you get out here and hustle, but I tell people 75 to 85 right now in this market. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my last year as a driver, I think I made one fifteen, maybe something like that, uh, at 25%, you know, 25% of the, of the gross number. And I was like 110 or something. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I first came to Larry and, 2018, I made $90,000 in eight months at 25% of line haul. You know, I mean, the market was stupid. Of course, I was a man possessed because I was desperate and broke. So I'm like, just give just give me the keys, give me the login to the board, and leave me alone. And I, and I was gone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's the, – the, the industry now should be saying – well, drivers in 2020 and 2021 were making 100 grand a year. I don't know how you're going to hire anybody and say, well, we're only going to pay 75 now. I, I don't know how, if you're in the company driver business, how you're going to, how you're going to pull that off. Um, sure. Now, the other thing, and I talked to another guy the other day, um, 
generally what happens, and we, we, we've been getting more of these calls, okay? Guy calls us, and he's like, look, he's not a driver. He's a professional of some sort, okay? He's got a couple of buddies, like a doctor, a dentist, and a lawyer, all right? Yeah. And so in, like, 2020, the four of them are like, hey, man, look at all this money people are making in trucking. We ought to pool our money together and go buy some trucks. And so because they're professionals, they can go into the, into the bank and shuck and jive some bank manager into giving them a couple hundred thousand dollars. And so they go buy these trucks and they buy them in an inflated market. And for a little while, they're making money. In every one of these scenarios I've seen, when it starts going down, the three, three of the four investors are like, I'm out. All right. Yep. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. It's your problem. And so there's always one guy left that's like, well, you know, I see the long-term benefits of having a trucking business. And so if I can keep it alive long enough and I'm like, bro, you owe $350,000 on trucks that are worth 175. Um, you know, you got one driver that you can really count on and the rest of them are, they will leave you hanging in a minute. Yeah. They're one catastrophic breakdown. And of course you can't liquidate because everybody's going to take a bath and it happens every time the market pulls up. And so I think drivers get real drivers, people that are invested in the industry, they can't imagine just bailing out. Well, I'll just go do something else. But the people that come in, especially these venture capital vultures yeah, uh, that come in every time the market pops up, listen, the minute it gets bad, they're gone, you yeah. know, and it'll take a little bit to wash them out, but they won't, they won't exist 90 days from now. They're all going to be gone. And then the supply and demand will start to equalize. The rates will stabilize and not be as bad. And then we'll start ticking our way back up. But if you can't survive that low tide that's happening right now because you've got because you thought that 2020 and 21 well, this is the way it ought to be we're finally getting what we're worth and i'm like no you're in an inflated manipulated market yeah where rates are double and triple what they ought to be and what goes up must come down you know and so just like with the housing market with anything else Yep. It's been yep. like this since forever, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and what you have to remember too is, um, like the housing market, perfect example, you know, cause I, I saw that in Columbus, Ohio. We lived in Columbus, Ohio, 2008, 2009, when all that craziness was going on. The guy we were renting from was buying houses for 25 grand. Right. Mm -hmm. He would just, I mean, they were, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a $25,000, two and a half, two bedroom, one and a half bath with a garage, you yeah. know? And he's, I mean, he just, he's buying and buying and buying and buying. Um, but he wasn't buying when the market was up. He bought when the market was down. And so he kept about half of them and flipped about half of them. But when all of those loans went bad, the house didn't cease to exist, right? The loan went away and the, the people went away, usually in the middle of the night and took all the copper with them. Um, <laughs> that happened beside my sister. They, they, they literally disappeared in the middle of the night. Like one day we were there, 
The next day they were gone. They went in that house. Every piece of copper was gone. The cabinets were gone off the kitchen. Uh, hell, I think they even took like the kitchen sinks and stuff. That stripped that house down and disappeared in the middle of the night. The house is still there. Now it's got a lower value. Somebody came and bought it, turned it into a rental or whatever. Well, these trucks are not going to go away, but we're finally going to see, I'm seeing now, the, the 2007 centuries that are being sold for 18 to 20 grand. Well, now we're getting, now we're talking. Yep. Now is the yep. time to capitalize. Now is the time. Not yep. two years ago when everything was at the top. That's not the time to get in. Now's the time to get in. Yeah. But you asked the most important question you could ever ask somebody. Hey, you got any money? Oh, money? I ain't got no money. Every single time. <laughs> you got any money? No, I don't. Hell no, I don't have any money. What's money? <laughs> I got a loan. No. I had a guy call me one time. He was, well, man, I got $100,000. I want to invest in trucks. I'm like, okay, tell me how you got this $100,000. Well, I have an investor. Nope. Nope. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm out. Uh, how long does a low tide last? That's a good question. Evan. Um, probably 2020 is a bad example because we had a really rough four weeks and then it, and then it just like got nitrous and, and took off like a rocket. Uh, but that's not a good example because that was obviously lots of extenuating circumstances in March and April of 2020. Um, for people who have um, a, a sound business model with low cost of overhead and can and can survive, it it really never hits. You know what I mean? Like it it we're not going to we're not going to pull a truck off off the road. We're not going to yeah. stop doing anything. Um, but I would say probably six months. Six months could be really really challenging um but but you never know you know it uh, is is this an election year 20 no no it's not election next year. year next year no oh. um you think <laughs> they're stupid talk. now you better get ready yeah you think they're stupid now <laughs> just wait <laughs> wait till you see what they say next year um uh you know it I don't know. I mean, if I could forecast that, um, I, I should go play in Vegas. Um, but you just have to understand it's the relation of trucks to loads. Yep. That That's the difference. You know, right now there's way too many trucks and probably the right amount of loads for March. You know, the, it's, it's not like, it's not like the general economy and the behavior of the consumer is all that different. We just got way too many trucks sitting out here trying to get that action. Yeah. And until that equalizes, um, and I'm, my guess is, this is a guess. Um, my guess is that because people signed up for these ludicrous, like you're talking about four or $5,000 a month truck payments, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be faster I think it will. I think it will go. I think it will go bad faster, and they will get out faster yeah. than normal. Because in there's no precedent in any other 2009, 2014, 2017, 
where people were going out and paying $5,000 a month for a truck. Like nobody would do that. A bank in their right mind yeah. um, would, would do that. Um, so I think the explosion will be faster, will burn hotter, and they'll leave faster. So maybe the equalization happens by June. You know, it, yeah. it may go faster. So, um, well, I think that I, I think the exact same way because, you know, I've, I've started seeing a lot of people, even from last year, man, I just think like all the people who got in from getting PPP loans and stuff like that, oh. they went and got their truck and, and, and they didn't, they just heard, oh man, you can make a lot of money in trucking. They went and got their truck and after they went and got their truck, guess what happened? They found out, man, it's a lot more to this than, than what I think. Cause they think you go get a truck and put a driver in it. Okay, let's find a driver. You can't find one. Okay, mm -hmm. now your truck is sitting and you probably, you might've paid for your truck uh, cash or you might've put money down for your truck or something like that. But if you pay for that and you're still having to pay the insurance and you have no money coming in, guess what? Don't nobody want to have, have them trucks sitting in, in, uh, uh, on their property and the wheels not turning and they just throwing money out the window every month? For instance, mm -hmm. you know. So. Well, and there may be a there may be an opportunity that hasn't existed before. We we have talked about that at some point we're going to have to transition over to a lunatic truck 2.0. Mm -hmm. Right now, the lunatic truck is the 1999 to 2007 Freightliner. Yeah, I've got one sitting in front of my house. It's a O two or O three. It's got great bones. It's just in really, really, really bad shape. Um, you know, just neglected. And so yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready to go through it. Um, but because I think this this crash is going to be so uh, exaggerated, I don't know what's the word, but it's going to be big, okay? What could happen is your Lunatic 2.0 truck, which would probably be a, 16 to 18 Freightliner Columbia. I mean, I'm sorry, Cascadia. Mm -hmm. Those may dip like they may dip and then they'll come back up. But what if those dipped under 20 grand? We just saw a 2016 get sold at auction for 35. Another 15,000 isn't a big, you know, and y'all, that was a good truck. We operated that truck for a year. I mean, we went through the bottom end. We ran max mileage in it. We diesel force cleaned it. That was a super solid truck that sold for thirty five grand at auction. Yeah. Well, what if this what if this apocalypse happens, and for a short period of time, those twenty sixteens and twenty eighteen, what if they drop to twenty grand? Would I pay twenty grand for a sixteen eighteen Cascadia? Oh, you bet your sweet ass I would. You know, because now we're in the lunatic range. We can. You're talking about a truck with less than a million miles with, uh, you know, twenty twenty five grand. That's that's probably that's probably doable, you mm -hmm. know? But again, if you ain't got no money, if you ain't got them stacks of greenbacks, he got back there on the shelf behind him and you can't, you can't execute and pull the trigger when it's time. Is that real yeah. money? Huh? Is that real money? Yeah, it's real paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake money, man. It's a motion picture. He <laughs> said, is that real money? I should have said, yeah, it's real money. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to know. Yeah. <laughs> You're a truck driver. Lying comes with the territory, man. <laughs> man, you know what? I just took a loan from Mississippi. To <laughs> <laughs> they paid me in cash. Like, that's right. I'm going to come back next week. They're going to give me the same loan next week. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be gold. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's it, – what Warren Buffett has – I'm not a big fan of Warren Buffett, so by any means, but he has this famous quote, be cautious when others are greedy, be greedy when others are cautious, you know? So when the – any time the market bottoms out, doesn't matter what it is, housing, trucking, the time to buy is when everything's low, not yep. when it's at the top of the market. Right. So I think there's going to be some fascinating deals coming around, but if you don't have the cash, and that's the thing that we've tried to get everybody to think about, when rates were up here in 2020, 21, and 22, you should have been working even harder than you were before. But everybody wanted, oh, hell, man, I'm getting $7 a mile. I'm just going to, I'm going to run one load this week. No. The time to, to, to when the market's up like this, that's when you're going to take a wheelbarrow fulls of cash to the bank. Yeah. You know? And then when it bottoms out like this, you could go home and say, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to go for $2 a mile. I'll just sit here for 90 days. Yeah. Because you got this wild thing called money in the bank <laughs> and you're not broke and desperate. Yeah. You know? Well, um, I, I would say, I would put these two things together. You said when you have the cash to, uh, to go out and get a truck. And, and like you said, the market goes up and the market comes back down all the time. And when it comes back down, um, that's when you want to buy. But listen, another another thing in there, because people are just so ready to jump, 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 jump. Let's go right now. Now, now, now. We got to get in there because, man, these autonomous trucks are coming, man. We got to get in there. Got to make a truck. We got to get a truck now. No. Cash and patience. Cash and patience is your biggest friend when you're wanting to get in here and you want to get your truck. The cash and having some patience to wait. To when the market comes back down, because it's coming back down. Just wait and see. We already seen the housing market come back down. It's steadily uh, sleeping down. Now, uh, mm -hmm. a couple of miles from me in this subdivision, man, they had some houses over there going for like nine hundred and something thousand dollars. I looked on Zillow the other day; they seven hundred and something thousand now. Mm. You see what I'm saying? They coming back down. Just wait. Just, just wait. It may be next year. Well, just wait. Have that cash and have that pay. Yeah. I, I saw uh, it was some sports uh, athlete. I don't know who he was. It was. He was being interviewed by somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think he was in the NBA. Anyway, he's talking about he, he bought this mansion in L.A. And he's traveling. And he gets a phone call. And they say, hey, somebody wants to rent your house. Oh, and yeah, like, I see. Okay. It's Prince. Yeah. And Prince. So Prince rents his guy's house for a year. Paid him a million dollars. Okay. Well, he, so he's in town and he comes by and like everything's purple and all of his furniture's gone and Prince has completely redecorated his house. And this guy's pissed. He's like, who, who's Prince think he, think he is? So he gets him on the phone and Prince's like, look, man, ease your mind. I'm going to wire you 500,000. And the guy was like, 500,000. Okay. Well, I'm not mad anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then when he, at the time it was up, Prince, put everything back in his house exactly what it took all his purple stuff out had paid the guy a million bucks like obviously we're not going to be prince okay yeah. in the big truck business but <laughs> there are there are opportunities available to you when you have money yeah and how do you get money you get money through serving people mm -hmm. okay you are if you are a driver 
back up. If you are an owner operator, leased or not, leased or not, you are a servant. Mm -hmm. You exist to serve someone else's problems. The loads are not for you. You are there for the load. You are there for the customer. Right. Um, and so you've got to um, put yourself in that servant position. You don't have to be a slave. You don't have to be abused. But you do have to think about what you're doing and how that's going to benefit someone else. And the more you do that, Zig Ziglar's famous quote, you can have anything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Yeah, yeah. That's the bottom line. Golden rule. You know, um, d d do unto others, you know, As you not what they did to you. <laughs> what you, what, how you want to be treated is how you should treat people. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just, but you got to turn off the emotion. You got to get our friend, the BSE 9000 out. Okay. <laughs> the bullshit eliminator. All right. Yeah. Put it into the calculator. If it works, it works. The calculator will never lie to you. The television will lie. The CB radio will lie. The satellite radio will lie. That that calculator is your best friend because it will mm -hmm. always tell you the truth, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Yep. <clears throat> this is a good one. I have a W900L, no plate, insurance, nothing. I'm company driver in a T680 running out of Mex uh, lateral Laredo. For 78 cent a mile, doing 3,500 miles a week, developing contract. Okay, I'm going to do this. 3,500 times 0.78. That's $2,700 a week. Now, that's getting her done. Now, what I'd do, I'd sell that W9 right now because there's some idiot that will pay you a ridiculous amount of money for that W9 right now um, and then go buy your lunatic truck. <clears throat> but I love my W9s. You ever drove a big hood truck? In your I haven't. I haven't. Oh, uh, and I don't and I've never had the desire to because I don't every, because I've heard that they just guzzle gas. They just eat up the Well they do that. But boy, there's nothing like driving one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that W nine hundred L studio with that eighteen speed and that six N Z CAD or that big three seventy nine Peterbilt. I mean Larry never experienced anything like that. So he he just makes fun of Chrome won't get you home and you know, he doesn't care anything about that. But I've driven W9s and 379s, and it's just a completely different experience of driving the plastic trucks that we've been driving. You know, yeah. Uh, when you get out of when you get out of a W900, it's just like when print when you see prints when you see prints and you got wind blowing, wind blowing <laughs> in your hair and stuff like that. When you get out of uh, a W900, music automatically comes on and say, "Keep on trucking, baby." <laughs> I've got a picture somewhere. I've, I've got to dig this. It's in a digital file somewhere. But yep. I was in L.A., must have been 15, 20 years ago, and a dude had a Century or Columbia day cab, and he cut the roof off of it, and it was pulling containers convertible in, in L.A. Jeez. I mean, when in L.A., do what people in L.A. do, you know? Well, uh but yeah, a convertible, um, and it didn't even look like the guys are the hillbillies where they just cut it with a jigsaw. Like it was, it was professionally done, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just, I like, I like money and I like profit and I'm going to make decisions that are going to get me more profit. Not, I don't, I don't care about impressing people at the truck stop. 
uh, or people at the stoplight that I'm never going to meet, and I probably wouldn't like them if I did. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want, I want to make money, and I want to get home. You know, and it's been nice being home, but sometimes I think, well, it'd be awful easy just, just pull loads right now, uh, rather than deal with all this. Are y'all looking for trucks? Um, yeah. I mean, we're always looking for a deal, but you know, I can tell you right now, six, eight months ago, Larry Long was like, well, I'm not, I'm not buying any trucks, you know, but now that the, the market's coming down, we're, we're looking cause we're getting more, the podcast and the TikTok and all that stuff's obviously garnering more interest, getting them some more traction, exposing us to more people. And I can't bring people into the program if I don't have a truck to put them in. So we yeah. are looking for trucks, but you know, we're, we're talking five to 15,000 is what we would pay for one right now. So it'd be like this POS that's sitting out in front of my house right now. <laughs> but that's going to be a moneymaker when I get done with it. I'm going to do some videos of it, so y'all get to see it here before long. Yeah, man, if you get to a truck, if, uh, uh, you work on trucks, don't you? Or y'all have- well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I turn the occasional wrench here and there. Yeah, but man, if you got you a dedicated mechanic that's willing to, that's in your neck of the woods, that's willing to work with you, you know what I'm saying? Not not taking it to the freight liner and taking it to Kenworth where they can eat your pockets up. But if you got if you got a, a dedicated mechanic and he knows what he's doing, and you got a body guy or something like that, man, you can take the guts of any truck, almost any truck, and you can really just do some. You can really do some 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 turn some things around. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's and that's hard to find. I mean, they're they're not easy to find. We we had we had a meeting with a with a shop here locally um, last weekend. Um, guys done some work for us, and we're really we're really liking the relationship uh, that we're building. But he's got the same struggles that everybody else does. Can I get competent mechanics that will come in and not? run my name through the mud because they yeah. half-assed did a job. Um, not steal tools. Not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, are they going to show up today? That kind of stuff. Um, but I, I mean, listen, I, I said the other day, well, we had an issue on Seth's truck. He had it, you know, you know, the, on the 14 liter, there's a Delta pressure sensor. It's bolted to the uh, thermostat housing and it's got two lines that run from the EGR. And that's what tells the turbo what to do. Well, this truck started acting up and I'm like, well, man, you probably ought to have a look cause there's two little rubber hoses yeah. that connect that together. Well, one of them was blown out and we're like, okay, we found a problem. Well, he takes the hoses off and there's two little plastic nubs that stick out of that Delta pressure sensor were completely melted, just melted solid. Yeah. You know, well, he's got some tools with him. So he got one of those little oscillating tools, you know, that, and so he just zipped the ends off of them, drilled it out, put new clamps on it, man, that truck's run better than it has in months. Uh, and he did that in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, but so much of that stuff that, I mean, I never would have known. I'm like, Hey, check the Delta pressure sensor. Well, how do I know that? Cause I've been down that road before yeah. I've seen that happen. And if, if you're dealing with trucks that are not these new trucks, cause everybody is so focused on emissions and death and DPFs and all this stuff. And they can only plug a computer into it we've kind of lost the art from the old, old school, old days, the good old days yeah. of 
just, you know, looking at a truck. Cause if it's got air and it's got diesel and it's got battery power, it'll run. May not run good, but it'll run. Um, so yeah, but the, again, you said it earlier, relationships, 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 relationship with shippers, relationship with carriers, relationship with brokers, relationship with truck mechanics, relationships with anybody. Um, you know, that's, that, that's the thing, you know? Yeah. So, well, let me make one more run through the comments here and see if there's anything I want to pop out. Uh, I will say this, man. You know, who said before we even started, you know, like if I, if I, if I've met somebody and, and they, and they, and they're, they're a sailor. Okay. And they, they've been in, in the water for, for, for six months. I don't want him taking me out on the water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What if a storm right. up or something? You know what I'm saying? Right. I want somebody, hey, you've been out here 20 or 30 years? Yeah, I've been out here 20 or 30 years. So if a hose pop off or if a clamp pop, pop off or something like that, I know what to do. You know, it's essential things that you ought to always have in your truck with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like little bitty small stuff that you should know how to fix, know how to just I mean, you. I'm, we're not talking about dropping a motor down in the middle of a park. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to, like when I was with Landstar, we was, I was on this dedicated account, not dedicated, but it was a account where I was home every day. And this is when I first started 17. Home almost every, every day, off on the weekend. Man, it was an older guy over there with an old, he had an older truck. And man, he was like, man, you know, uh, you'd be like, man, I think I need to Fix such and such on my truck. He was like, man, yeah, all you got to do is drop that motor down and get behind it. Like, Brother, I'm not about to drop no motor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. about to drop no motor down. Yeah, drop that motor, get behind it, and pull that thing, God, take it down there to the, take it down there to the, to the, to the, uh, to the yard, come back with it, put it back in there. It take you about two days, but hey, you'll save you a lot of money. You know, but that's how he did everything. Yeah. Yeah. It- I mean, a lot of those old school guys, I mean, they, they, my uncle was a, a 40 year driver um, and he hauled liquor out of Kentucky mm-hmm. and he told us stories about the old days. They would, they, they didn't have any electronic controls on the engine. So the speed limiters were done through the fuel pump, mm-hmm. you know, and it would just get to a certain point and cut the fuel off. Well, they just pull over, take the fuel pump apart, pull whatever they need to pull out of it. And they got a triple digit truck, you know, yeah. that was just, you know, drivers knew how the, the, Look, guys, like Larry's saying, I'm not expecting you to pull a motor, okay? But you can understand the brake system. S-cams, shoes, slack adjusters. You can understand uh, airlines. You can understand, hey, that's the alternator. Hey, that's the water pump. You know, you can understand the basics because you need to when you deal with one of these amoebas at one of these shops. Mm-hmm. That that you know more than they do, yeah. You know, and and you have to know when you're being fed a line of BS, and you go, no, I don't think that's not what we're going to do today. Here's here's what we're going to do, right? Um, dude, I had one the other day. We put new U bolts on the rear axle, mm-hmm. and um, so I had the driver swing through a TA, and I'm like, hey, I need to retort these U bolts. Okay, no problem. So I'm expecting the truck to be pulled in, and the truck still hadn't moved, and I'm like, hey, hey, uh, what are we doing? Oh man, I'm done. You're done. You haven't even pulled the truck inside. Oh, I just I just crawled under and did it. I'm like, you did. He's like, yeah, man. I tore I torqued him to fifty sixty p uh, fifty sixty pounds. I'm like, you bolts. 
U bolts? No, I tighten the drive line. <laughs> no, th not the U joints, the U bolts. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> okay, I mean you can't tell the difference between a U bolt and a U joint. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know? But you have to be. You know, here's my instruction. Now repeat it back to me. Did you actually hear what I just said? Uh, no. You know, uh, I, I need you to fix this brake. Hey, I'll put new tires on. What? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust but verify. Yeah. Um, well, let's do uh, – Let's before we go, uh, let's do a little preview of Matt's because you're going to be there, right? I am going to be there. Yes, I'm, I'm uh, super excited, man. So we are – uh, we should be, uh, I don't know which one first, but we'll be in Pittsburgh powers booth one day, Friday or Saturday, and we'll be in the Landstar booth the other day. So if you want to see us, uh, you'll find us either. Uh, there's one area there where all of our people are Pittsburgh power, OPS, my, um, uh, fleet air filter, uh, fast MD alignment. They're all kind of in the same little area. So you'll find us there one day and then the other day you'll find us in Landstar booth. Where are you going to be hanging out at? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to be in so when we go to Matt's, I'm going to be at the Relay booth. I'm going to be at the OTR Solutions booth and I'm going to be at DAT booth. Okay. Yeah, so Are they all in the same area or are they spread out? Well, um, you got you got a OTR and DAT and Marquee Insurance are going to be like right there together. But then you got uh, Relay. I don't know where Relay Payments is going to be at, but I'm going to be right there with Relay Payments as well. I'm going to be there. Are they? Friday. They're the ones that they're the ones that are doing the electronic lumper payment thing now, right? Is that Relay? Uh, or is that something else? They probably do. I don't know if they do that or not, but I do know that uh, man, you can pull them up and you can get a <laughs> you can get some cheap fuel. Okay. Like when it comes to like uh, and these mom and pop shops. Man, you can, man, you can get you a whole. You can sometimes at some of these places, man, you get over a dollar off per hmm. game. Okay. With that relay uh, payment, so uh, that's the part that I use it for, and then uh, you know for parking and stuff like that, you can find you know where these parking spots are at. So, cause parking is horrible right now. So, but yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't wait to be there. I'm gonna be there Thursday, Friday. And Saturday, so okay, yeah, we, we should be around. We didn't get to see any of the show last year, so we're going to try to go a little early and actually see some stuff. Um, oh, and, and please also remember everybody to check out our sponsor, Pittsburgh Power. That's where we'll be. Um, I was going to say something about that. Um, now I can't remember what it was. I need to. I, I always say every episode. I need to make notes for the podcast, and I never do. Because yeah. I never can't remember anything, um, but yeah, you know, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share, share the share the gospel here. What we're doing, um, and if you have any questions, go to the 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 new and updated blueribbonlogistics.com. Uh, we've got a lot of the information there. If you have questions about the podcast, or I mean, I'm sorry about the master class, uh, what we do and how we do it, and as always, go just listen to the other episodes. You know. Uh, the first 48 are me by myself, and from 49 on uh, is when Larry came in. Um, how many, how many and, do y'all have right now? 
How many what? How many episodes do you have right now? This is 152. So uh, Larry and I have now done, what, 103 together. Uh We didn't start doing it weekly until last year, I think. And because it was kind of an afterthought, you know, hey, we need to do a podcast. Okay, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Just hit live, you know, and we would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then we started doing it like weekly on a schedule. First, we're on Sundays and then we moved to Friday and we had, you know, obviously we're on Saturday now. Uh, But we'll be back next Friday. Um, We're probably I'd like to do an episode from the show, but I don't know that. I don't know that uh, the cell signal and all that wireless, you know, could be a nightmare trying to do a live broadcast. So what I may do is just take a bunch of video, put it together, and say, here you go, because we're going to have our driver, uh, our company dinner on Friday night. and We'll be at the casino, so I'm sure we'll be up to all kinds of no good over there. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. um what that's what I'm gonna do too. I'm gonna be doing a lot of video, a lot of pictures, um, putting putting together some other uh podcasts uh stuff for my podcast as well. So yeah. Do you have a website or anything up yet? Not yet, not yet. Okay. So that'll be highway hustling when it goes live. Yep, right? highway hustling. Yep. Okay. All right. Well y'all uh y'all go check out Larry. Um he's on TikTok. I am Larry Cawthron, right? Yep, I am Larry Cawthron on uh, TikTok. I am Larry Cawthron on uh, Instagram. And follow me on Facebook as well, uh, Larry Cawthron. Uh, I think it's I am Larry Cawthron as well on uh, Facebook. So, Yeah, yeah. his TikToks are gold, y'all. His TikToks are fantastic. Yeah, um, and I'm actually about to change some stuff up, man, because I'm, I'm about to get an OnlyFans page and a... <laughs> And get a fan base page, man, so I can just start putting content on there and just start getting subscribers and just putting all my stuff on there. So, yeah, yeah, it's a way to do, you know, lots of opportunities. All right, y'all. Well, hour and forty-one minutes. Y'all, y'all have had enough. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, man, it's been a plum pleaser pleasure being on here. Yeah, man, I appreciate you pinch hitting. For Larry, I'm sure he'll have great stories to tell about his weekend with the grandkids, and I'm sure. Him and his son will be sipping all kinds of fancy bourbon. Uh, we'll get to hear about that next week. So, yeah. All right, everybody. We're going to shut her down. We appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, as always, everybody be safe. Be careful. Have a good time. We'll see you next time.